This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. If you're dissatisfied with this week's episode, you're entitled to a free cash refund. Just submit a refund request at latestpod.com for the price of your subscription, minus a $19.99 processing fee. But if you like the program, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the show. It's Thursday, March 4. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. Amazon workers at a facility in Alabama are in the middle of a vote on whether or not to unionize. Their colleagues around the country are wondering how that will affect them. You know, every worker should have a free and fair choice to join a union. The law guarantees that choice. Those voices are discussing unions. Those things that happen when two people join together to sacredly vow that they'd like to have a pension plan. After President Joe Biden seemingly endorsed a movement by Amazon workers to vote for their right to unionize, many across the country are asking themselves the same question. Does keeping my Prime membership make me a scab? 6,000 Amazon workers are voting to unionize in Alabama, the state of Jeff Sessions and Tommy Tuberville, where it's hard to believe that There are any workplace rules, besides, don't you dare schedule my shift during a high school football game. But Amazon is fighting efforts to organize warehouse labor tooth and nail, fearing that unionized employees might slow down the pace at which those very workers are replaced by robots. From closing down a call center that attempted to unionize in 2001 to disseminating anti-union messaging today, Amazon has long been committed to squashing movements to organize labor with the same type of ruthless efficiency that makes it a business leader. After all, if they pay too much for workers, how else would they be able to afford in-house product developers who rip off the design of a shoulder bag stitch for stitch in order to sell a generic knockoff under their own private label? Amazon famously offers a $15 minimum wage, access to good employee benefits, and thousands of below-student-film-quality titles on Prime Video that make TBS look like the Criterion Collection. But an author who once took up a job in an Amazon Fulfillment Center has described that work as the most physically painful experience of my life. A harsh assessment from someone who's clearly never sat in the audience of an improv show. To keep up with the demand for the kettlebell that you've just got to have by tomorrow, as if it's going to make a difference. Warehouse workers are said to endure around-the-clock surveillance, second-by-second task quotas, and are so discouraged from taking bathroom breaks that they're encouraged to piss into empty bottles, an indignity that should only be reserved for the damaged souls who seek out Times Square on New Year's Eve. These are also the same facilities where, over the years, laborers have also suffered bouts of exhaustion and dehydration while working without air conditioning, occupational hazards such as getting your head crushed by a forklift, and numerous heart attacks, suicides, and other tenebrous episodes that bake the value of a human life into your $119 annual fee. Now, I'm not pretending that this is enough to convince me to stop using Amazon. Having a Fred Flintstone Halloween costume and a case of toilet paper brought to your door without having to look another human being in the eye is a true public service. But the Amazon.com website, that's www.amazon.com for those who haven't been, makes billions of dollars in profit. And its founder, Jeff Bezos, is worth $196 billion alone. That's enough money to buy an autographed 
first edition copy of The Da Vinci Code and still have $196 billion. And whether it's a fulfillment center employee or a gig worker wearing down the drivetrain of their Camry so you don't have to take the bus home from karaoke, workers across the country continue to be exploited as gigantic corporations make record amounts of cash, allowing the good people of the Walmart family to splurge on vintage race cars while you struggle to understand how many car accidents you'll need to endure in order to satisfy your deductible. As an actor, I've long been a member of two unions, which entitles me to free DVDs of 11-month-old TV shows that I can't watch. Not because I don't have a DVD player, but because I'm behind on my dues. But when I was active, a period loosely defined by occasions in which I was mistaken for a dog in order to sell home improvement supplies, or performed past-its-expiration-date comedy sketches between the dinner and dessert courses of a corporate night out, both unions were there for me when I needed them. Now, keep in mind that my job was not particularly difficult. Memorizing a paragraph about the Egg McMuffin, or asking a cruise ship pensioner to join the cast on stage during an interactive murder mystery, might crush your soul, but it's not exactly back-breaking work. And even though neither union was perfect, they provided me formal methods of resolving disputes with my employer, helped alleviate circumstances that were unsafe, ensured fair compensation for my work, and provided me with years of insanely affordable health insurance. I even get free quarterly magazines that allow me to get the most out of my trash can. Growing up in the Detroit area, my family and friends were directly involved in the automobile racket, which means I've heard plenty of bad stories about labor unions like the UAW. Tales of guys who wouldn't let you screw in a light bulb without the permission of five others. Work-halting negotiations over each and every little benefit adjustment. People who'd been on the job for 30 years who hadn't worked a day in 29. I know. I just said it. Unions are not perfect. And while the labor disputes among the Screen Actors Guild and the United Auto Workers and Amazonians United are certainly not identical, what's the same is that people who want to work shouldn't live paycheck to paycheck. After paying the rent, there should be enough left over to save, to invest, to feed, and to remain an active member in good standing on Xbox Live. And Amazon workers might decide that they are better off without a union. And that's fine. But now that President Biden has endorsed the effort, stating that workers voting to unionize are making a vitally important choice, would you prefer the chicken, garnished with the ability to address common issues in the workplace, or would you prefer the fish, garnished with an adult diaper to help you reach the end of your 12-hour shift? Employees can now at least know that they tried to have a say in whether or not the spaceman can comfortably afford to build another perpetual clock within the mountain of his backyard while giving workers a greater piece of his company's success that makes such a pointless endeavor possible. I cannot stress this enough. I do not want my Amazon packages slowed down before I've had the chance to see that they've been stolen from my porch. But this isn't my problem. This is Amazon's problem. Who's made a promise to yuppies like me that this stuff's going to get here no matter how many miles the picker has to work to track down my external hard drive? And whether you're a full-time warehouse employee with a 401k or a gig driver with flexible hours, those possessing the true workplace benefits are the ones making bank on your broken bones for my brown boxes.
And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is David Butler. He's the head of sustainability at Alltech, a global agricultural biotech company, and the host of the How to Stop Climate Change podcast. David, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Greg. Last week, O.J. voiced his concerns over changes to the global climate. Hey, Twitter world. It's me, yours truly. This week... I was watching golf, the, the golf tournament, the Genesis Open, being played at the Riviera Country Club in L.A., my old country club, where I learned to play golf. And got to admit, it was kind of interesting watching them try to contend with all that wind. They even had to uh, delay a day because of the wind. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about all the fires in California and the fact that I have a dear friend who's been driving through the south uh, in some horrible weather this week got me thinking about uh, climate change and uh, how happy I am that Joe Biden, President Biden, has decided to rejoin the Paris Accord uh, in trying to deal with the rest of the world with climate uh, change. Uh, hey guys, stay safe, get your shot. David, what do you think about what OJ had to say? Well, you know, I agree with OJ here. We have every reason to be excited about Biden's climate plan. Uh, he's taking it very seriously, and I think we're going to start to make some progress. But OJ is actually being humble here. And you probably don't think of OJ as a humble person necessarily, but a lot of people don't know that OJ was an early climate activist and proponent of very aggressive fuel efficiency standards for automobiles and SUVs. In fact, in 1994, he actually tried to build support for a national 35-mile-per-hour speed limit by driving 60 miles on the interstate at 35 miles per hour. The event was very well publicized globally, but in the end, he failed to get the speed limit changed. Just think how many tons of carbon dioxide we could have avoided if that idea had caught on. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? He's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. David, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. And that's the latest written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, any of those weird apps. Tell a friend to subscribe. And hey, tell a friend to leave us a five-star review or a nice review on Apple Podcasts. And hey, tell yourself to do that as well, like I do at the top of every show. LatestPod.com for all your latest podcast needs. LatestPod.com. I'm at underscore Gregot on Twitter. I'm Gregot on Clubhouse. Cool. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean you will soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast. <laughs>